0: Hello and welcome to Spirit School. Um, This is episode 6. I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, what I feel is the responsibilities of people with mediumship and psychic intuitive development abilities who provide readings for public. Um, Just some of the responsibilities I think that we carry along with these gifts. Um, Some of the information I'll provide will be somewhat innately knowledgeable and in your awareness um, typically people who are drawn to this path hold strong boundaries and ethics anyways but i have come across some instances in some of my sessions that i thought would share with you during this podcast and video episode so that you can kind of have one of those me too moments where you know something i say you're like oh that happens to me too or that happened to me as well and one of my main reasons why i like doing this podcast is because i felt very alone in my spiritual journey Um, I had a wonderful teacher, but um, there wasn't always this vulnerable dialogue. So a lot of the time, um, you know, I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to about some of the experiences that I was having. So I really wanted to create a vulnerable space with this podcast and with this video series around being an intuitive professional. And let's get down and dirty about some of the um, not so rainbow and butterfly stuff that happens as part of this path. Um, Another thing I just kind of wanted to uh, preempt this this podcast with is, you know, this is my sixth podcast. I do notice uh, people are starting to download and listen to it, and I haven't even shared it out with the world yet. I'm just kind of recording um, with the best intentions, and I do hope that people come across it, of course, but I haven't done any promotion with it, Um, so people are experiencing it now. And one thing I really wanted to say is that, you know, I'm not very tech savvy. I'm actually very surprised with myself that I have been able to completely figure this all out on my own. Um, how to record and edit and upload it and even get it on iTunes. So, you know, I do promise that if you if you stick it out with me in my podcast, I will eventually figure out how to make it sound better. <laughs> but for now, I'm just really enjoying talking and sharing and it is what it is you know i heard that saying because i am a virgo and so that perfectionism uh, and that you're not good enough, uh, who are you, is definitely ingrained, ingrained within my um, star makeup. And so I heard this saying, I think it was Jensen Sincero, is done is better than perfect. So the second I heard that, I just started pressing publish on all my podcast episodes I had pre-recorded because I cannot tell you how many times I recorded podcast episodes and just kept deleting them um, without even re-listening to them. And that's just part of my spiritual development journey and where I'm at. Um, And, you know, I, I say that to you with all the vulnerability and maybe you'll find yourself in a very similar position one day and you'll remember that I shared this story with you. So, I really wanted to talk a little bit about the responsibility of a reader. And I was thinking back to my very first mediumship experience. And I had been told I'd been a medium since I was 17, and I started seeing readers myself. And um, every reader I ever saw said, You know, you could do this. And I never believed them. Um, It just wasn't in the realm of possibility for me. But I did enjoy sitting with mediums and reading about them and seeing them on TV, like, hello, callings. (laughs) But, um, you know, it was what it was. And so I was in an intuitive development class um, back in 2013 after the birth of my daughter because I had a lovely experience with an amazing medium. And so I started doing her intuitive development classes. And one day... Um, she texted me. I had to drive about 250 kilometer round trip to be able to make this class. It was a huge um, investment for me, not just financially, but with my time and having a baby at home. Um, and so she texted me when I was about halfway there one day, saying, "You know, um, I'm canceling class because so many people can't make it." And I just wrote something to the effect of, "Like, oh, that's a bit of a bummer. I'm already halfway. It's rush hour, so I'm not going to be heading back." And she said, "Okay, just come anyways." And uh, we'll figure something out. So we went, and um, only one other woman showed up for class that day. And she said, Okay, let's sit down and like, let's take a deep breath. And she took me through some breath work and she asked me, What do you see? And I was able to say, I see a, a man with a woman. I feel a boy. I feel like he's younger. I gave an age. And I said, Can I say a name? And she's like, Say whatever you get. And I said a name, and then the other woman started crying. And she looked at me um, with these eyes and uh, with this, like, almost like desperation, like, you hear my son. And I didn't realize that she had just lost her son eight months before, and I had said almost his name. I think it was something like, I said Dustin, and it was Justin. Um, And so she kind of freaked out and in a good way but for me as my first ever mediumship experience my inners went holy crap like there is a lot of responsibility here because this woman wants and needs to hear from her son and because it was my first experience I got scared and I backed off and I backed out Um, but it was definitely huge learning for me And it really made me see in that first instant the responsibility we have as mediums um, for our sitters. And that sometimes people sit with us that are in immense states of grief that we cannot even comprehend. Um, And so we have the ability to bring through loved ones through evidence and through messages and through personalities um, that are very healing. Um, but that's a big responsibility for a sitter. So the underdeveloped me, then not even started my mediumship development journey. I couldn't handle that pressure. And so I backed out of that, um, connection and that link at that moment. Um, I don't regret that experience, but I will say what happened afterwards was, you know, she would text me a lot and call me and invite me over to her house and then buy me gifts. Um, and I finally had to kind of put up my boundary and say, you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> So I don't think that I can help you in the way that you want me to help you at this time. And I took that experience um, for my own personal integrity and ethics around my mediumship practice was I was not going to offer any readings for public until I had done like 150 practice readings. I think I set that goal for myself. So. And I held to that, and it took me years. It actually took me a few years. I did constant um, mediumship development with a mentor. Um, you know, I studied at, with Tony Stockwell and Mavis Patilla and Chanelie Gibson, um, went to their retreats and their week long, I guess, retreats and workshops. And then I've always, almost always, had a mediumship mentor. And so, um, I really kind of saw that responsibility early on. So one of the responsibilities I feel that we have as a medium is to practice and practice in a way that it's very low risk for us because we don't want to like be like, oh, we have a mediumship ability. Let's hang up a shingle and start charging people. Um, I really think that, there needs to be a safe space and a safe way to practice and hone your abilities and kind of understand them because you're kind of learning a new language. Now you're learning the language of spirit and the soul. And because we are gonna be dealing with people who are grieving on the other end of it, we, we owe it to them, we owe it to ourselves, and we owe it to spirit and the spirit world to understand those faculties and understand how that communication works and the impact that communication can have. You know. I think mediumship abilities, I I truly believe anyone can do it. If you put your intention to it, if you put your heart into it, I don't think God's going to deny anybody the ability to connect with departed loved ones. That is a strong belief of mine. But I will say I don't think everybody who has the ability may be waking up to it in their lifetime here. Um, I don't. They may not even run into it. Um, and people who even develop as a medium, I don't always believe are uh, meant or called to give classic style readings, I should say. So there's a lot of pressure as you develop as a medium to do readings and open up a studio and, and do this, 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 that. And I don't think that that's going to be everybody's path. Um... Mediums would make lovely, like hospice workers or death doulas or nurses, um, you know, people who are working with, with people grieving and in and, and pain. I also think, too, for, for me, mediumship, I feel like it's just the cusp of my offering. Like, it is what I do now, but I also have always felt this real strong pull to doing energy healing. And not Reiki. I think it's actually going to be um, something a little bit more just mine because um, I'm, tr- I'm just waiting for it to kind of come to me. And I have had experiences with trans healing before. Um, so I feel like even just like the mediumship journey for me is just the very tip of what I will be doing. Um, but with that being said, I think one of the responsibilities we have as intuitive um, developing readers is to continue that development path, right? We, we are never done learning, <laughs> ever so you know you may outgrow a teacher or a teacher may outgrow you and you may um, what happened with me is I was with my first teacher for four years um, and then we we parted ways um, still remained friends and then I, I went six months without a teacher and then I felt like I needed something very specific. So I was asking spirit to bring a teacher to me and I heard this podcast which inspired my podcast, um, Claire McNall, and I was like this woman has exactly what I need and what I really needed at that time in my development was somebody to listen to me and give a reading and critique me. Have I picked up any bad habits? Um, am I being too vague? Uh, is there any pointers that you can give me? And so I hired her for eight sessions just to do that specifically. And then I will be looking for another mentor coming up around healing. So, you know, I think it's a responsibility as somebody in intuitive development and wanting to offer this as a surface to continue learning and never consider yourself to be done. Um, So that's a really big responsibility. And another one I really wanted to say, you know, going back to my original story around um, this woman who I was working with and, Um, The responsibility I felt around her son and her son's passing was really around how we express the information that we get. Right, there's this fine balance between really honoring what you get through, um, communicating through your Claire's, and I'll talk a lot more about the Claire's in upcoming podcasts, but what you see, what you hear, what you feel, and what you know is really being clear. Like in my readings, I'm always expressing I feel this, I hear this, I see this. Because I never want it to be a complete mystery for my sitter. I don't want them to think that um, you know, I'm I'm God or I'm like some magical beast because to me, mediumship connection is very subtle. It is magical. Don't get me wrong, but it's very subtle. But I I like to explain it to people. Maybe that's the teacher in me, um, but I like to explain it to people to take away some of that mysticism. And so I'm very clear about how I pass on that information. But sometimes we will receive information um, that we maybe shouldn't express it exactly how it came through us. And one of these examples I'd like to give is around, you know, tragic passings. So just say you have somebody sitting in front of you and you can see a very tragic passing that you feel in your core, maybe a trigger for this person, or might be a little bit too graphic. Then there's other ways that you can express it. And that's all done through practice readings and experience, um, and really putting yourself in your sitters shoes so if I have a spirit who's showing me that they um, took responsibility for their own passing in a tragic way I'm not going to tell that grieving mother um, did your child do this this and this to them I will actually say in a very authentic way um, you know I have somebody who's younger here I feel like it could be a child and they are taking responsibility for their passing that's enough evidence and you don't need to get graphic and I think that that's a really big responsibility that we have as a reader as well, and that's really the art of giving a reading, and that does take years and years of practice um, around it. And it's not being inauthentic to the information that comes through; um, it's actually, I think, being uh, very responsible. And you, just, again, you just have to put yourself into um, that person's shoes. And the other thing I wanted to say to you around this responsibility and you know I think a lot of people will resonate with this and you know because mediumship and the language of spirit really connects with us all differently all I can share is my experience with it. But I also feel that we really get bits and pieces of information through our clairs and they all link back to a reference that we would have had in some way shape or form. So you And that rarely comes through as like a neat and tidy story, right? So we talk about like translating the information. And so I don't think it's as much as translating because I have seen it happen where people will get pieces of information and they'll tie it into a neat and tiny story because that's very human of us to do that, right? Uh, We get things come up and we always want to make it neat and tidy. But that's not always how information comes through. So sometimes it's really about honoring the information that comes through. So as an example, so say I'm in a reading and clairvoyantly I'm picking up flowers. Um, The story part of me saying like, oh, have you recently uh, put flowers on their grave? Um, Unless that actually comes through as a knowing or as a vision, then sure, say it. But some of the most impactful pieces of evidence that I brought through, you know, as an example, I was reading for a colleague one day and I just said, you know, I'm just seeing a bunch of flowers I had to honor it and this woman was like oh my god and then she showed me some pictures of what just happened on the weekend It all involved around her soul and a lot of flowers right so I didn't have to make that a neat and tidy story I just honored it exactly how it came through and my sitter understood it imagine the magic I would have taken away from that moment if I tried to make it into a tidy story and say you know was she named after a flower um you know did you just leave flowers on her her gravesite or her memorial space all that fun stuff so i think that's also a really responsibility that we have is around finding a way to understand how the information comes through to us and how we express it in a way that our sitter will understand right and those are big hard lessons that i've had in my life um around trying to make it into stories and I just completely lose my sitter because sitters sometimes take everything you say (laughs) as um coming from spirit right so give them exactly what comes from spirit I hope that's kind of like a good example of giving that to you and then I think you know I like to keep my podcast short and digestible so um the last one I want to talk about this, though, there are a ton of responsibilities we have. So this is by no means an exhaustive list. But um, one of the other ones I really wanted to talk about was taking away people's free will, right? With mediumship abilities, there's also psychic abilities. I think that there's there's that saying, all mediums are psychic, but all not all psychics are mediums. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. But I will say even today I had an experience where a client messaged me saying my mother had so-and-so so checked because in that reading I told them I said oh is your mom's mom's health in good form and I kept coming around my throat and I'm like I feel like I'm going to my thyroid well I will tell you that person went right to their mom and their mom went right to that doctor and got their thyroids checked so what we say in sessions our clients listen So I dedicated my ethics very early on to not be one of those readers who ever tells my clients exactly what to do, you know, in a dramatic and and extreme circumstances, as example, like quitting a job, leaving a spouse, um, you know, these big lifestyle impactful changes in your life, like to sell your house, to buy a house. Um to me, a lot of this stuff kind of comes down to divine free will. And I'm never going to take somebody's divine free will away. So I always prep the people who sit with me, you know, I am a psychic, I am a medium, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do with your life. Um, and I'll give a good example of how this came up in a reading in a minute. But um, you know, I'm never going to tell you to leave your partner. I'm never going to tell you to quit your job. But what I can tap into at a soul level is why you may feel disempowered to make this choice yourself. And to me, those I call those kind of like soul readings. It's like getting to the real need of the soul. Um, so yeah, you definitely feel an urging to like pick up everything and move and like quit your job and like maybe start over with a new partner and you feel that. And so you come see a reader because you're like wanting somebody to tell you what to do. Um, and some readers will tell you what to do, but I don't think that that's a responsibility of a reader. I think if we go a little bit deeper with our sitter, we can get to the core of like, oh, like why is this fight or flight coming up right now? And you'll be able to feel into something in the past and they'll be able to click and resonate with that. Like, yeah, that's why I'm feeling disempowered right now. And if you go along that path, I think that you will find that that person will be so empowered after they leave your presence that they may never need to see you again. And that's a beautiful thing as well, because they have felt that intuitive pull, they have cleared that block, we'll call it a block, and then they were able to make good decisions for themselves moving forward. So that's another responsibility that I feel that we have as a reader is not to tell people what to do. Um, I have... I will tell you that I have had people sit with me where I have been able to tune into um, their marriages and I, I believe that everything that comes to me I need to say so I'm not going to ignore it if spirits going to give me information about, you know, a relationship issue that's coming up, um, then I am going to honor it and say it but I'm never going to be like, ooh, are you thinking of leaving your partner? I'll come up with saying something around the lines of like, I'm feeling like I need to refer to partner and I'm not feeling completely like holistic with it. So like what's going on there? Um, and I will tell you, I have had instances where people have like left their partners after they sat with me, even though I'm not the reader that's ever going to tell somebody to do that. Um, and those always make me like a little bit more (laughs) uncomfortable. to be honest with you because that's just not how I roll so if you come up with something that's like medical intuitive if you come up with somebody something that's like around that partnership or or career changes it's best to find again part of the art of reading a way to express it to your sitter so that they understand that this is their choice, right? I'm feeling the energy of a desire for a shift in career is different from like, are you changing jobs? I feel like you're changing jobs, right? It's like we really need to find a way to honor the information in a way that doesn't disempower people. Um, Because I I have had people sit with me and they're some of my most exhausting readings. um, And people just want me to tell them exactly what to do. Like tell them with all certainty that they're going to be finding another job and that they need to go apply walmart or something crazy right so i think that we really need to be careful as people who are intuitively gifted on how we express that and then i think the final responsibility i just want to say sorry i'm making around my computer because i'm still learning how to use all this and then i think the final thing that i want to say as readers that we um, take responsibility for is our own health and well-being Um, As you go through this development journey, and I think anyone who's listening who is a reader themselves, you are very prone to um, sickness, you're very prone to exhaustion, you're very prone to energy sickness, and I have an episode all about that Um, because I don't know about everyone else, but I typically find... That because I'm giving a spiritual service, I do a little bit less in the spiritual devotion and my own spirit because I'm pretty tapped out by the time I'm serving others and I need some of that preservation so you really need to take responsibility on like doing your grounding work doing your protective work you know eating food from the grounds and I'm the worst to give this advice trust me this is still learning that I'm trying to iron out myself but I think that you definitely need to find a way to that nurtures yourself if you're going to be focusing on nurturing others and that's a huge responsibility as well I have been known to kind of postpone readings because I haven't been in a state that I've been able to take care of myself and I don't feel like it's fair for me to take those clients that have paid good money to see me if I'm not going to be at my very best so I take this part of um, my spiritual offerings very very seriously Um, so that's something to consider as well and we will go deeper into another podcast episode on different ways that we can nurture ourselves as spiritual readers. And um, I look forward to hearing your ideas as well. So here's my sixth podcast episode all around, um, you know, what I feel are some key uh, responsibilities that we have of readers. I would love to hear from you if you agree or disagree or if there's things I could have missed because I definitely will do more episodes around this theme. And so you can reach me at squamishmedium at icloud.com. I'm on Instagram on, at squamishmedium, S-Q-U-A-M-I-S-H. I'm also squamishmedium.com and on Facebook Squamish Medium. So if you've enjoyed this podcast episode and you would like to leave a review, I would absolutely love that and share it with your friends because I'm still trying to work out how to self-promote <laughs> with all comfort. Oh, and if you're watching the video, spirit is here. Holy. So if you go into YouTube and go to Squamish Medium, I just had Spirit very visibly on the camera come in and out. And I'm just getting shivers. So I want to thank Spirit for showing up today and helping inspire me on this episode and helping me speak as clearly um, and truthfully as possible for everybody. So have a good day.